Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. What a Monday night football game. Did you see that with the Raiders and the Ravens? That was insane. If I'm the Ravens defense flying back to Baltimore thinking, wait, we gave up the lead not once, not twice, but three times in the fourth quarter? What were we doing exactly? The only stop they got was because of the clock. That was that was not good. Lamar Jackson is exciting, but those two fumbles, one in the fourth quarter set up a TD, one in overtime set up the game-winning TD. That game had a little bit of everything. By the way, Eli and Peyton on ESPN2 with whoever their guests are, whoever they get to join them, Russell Wilson was really good. Uh, that, that was fun. They said some interesting stuff. It was different. Eli called two things. One, he said, don't go on a hard count of the goal line. They went on a hard count and got backed up, and that led to the turnover. But they got the Lamar Jackson fumble, and when they messed up with getting the kicker on the field because the kicker was at the net warming up and didn't know that they were going to go field goal on second down, he said, oh, get him off the field and run another play. It's too far away now. Sure enough, they do it, and they get the touchdown and win the game. Crazy. Good broadcast, though. There'll be more of that, I am sure. All right, we got to talk college football right now. Utes, Cougars, Aggies. We're going to start with the Aggies, who are 2-0, going to play Air Force, who is also 2-0. Mountain West Conference opener, Blake Anderson, joining PK and I on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coach, good morning. Good morning. So start fast. No, excuse me. Start slow, finish fast. That's the go. motto. Get down by double digits and then turn it on and win the game. Is that going to be the Aggie way, or are you going to be trying to break guys of that this week? I sure hope so. I sure hope we can break that uh, trend. That one's stressful for uh, for me and, and, and most people around the program. But it is nice to know that, that we can and that we don't panic and, and that guys just keep kind of continuing to to play and, and, and trust the process and that we're in good enough shape to get it done when we need to late. So, uh, But I would I would love to lead in a game. I think that'd be great. <laughs> as long as you got it at the end, I guess that's all that matters. Yeah, as long as you finish with the W, we'll take, I'll take 10 more in a row just like that. So the scoreboard obviously speaks to the level of defense in the second half, only giving up three, but you gave, gave up 21 in the first quarter as we saw – as I ask you to analyze your defense, I'm not a uh, defensive uh, expert by any stretch, but like particularly on that uh, touchdown pass that uh, North Dakota got to the tight end, that little slant, I thought the coverage was at least halfway decent, if not really good. How do you evaluate your defensive performance in the first half? First quarter, we played about as bad as we could play, and, and it, it really, we had calls made that should have put us in good position to... Uh, to be there to make some plays, should have had a pick on the second play of the game. Two other explosives that they had were just really, really poor eye discipline. We were in man coverage on the one you're talking about, and, and the DB peaked in the backfield and just gave up a step or two, and, and then was there close, but should have been you know on that from the beginning and just got himself out of position. Uh, they, they ran every trick play in the book in the first half, and, and we just didn't defend any of them very well. I thought they had a really good plan and executed it really well, but we we calmed down, really just simplified, played the same defensive calls uh, as we had been calling, and guys did what they're supposed to, and we gave up three points the rest of the game. So that was encouraging. But man, we we tried our, our best to give it away and and how we executed early. So is there something about these guys and kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better expression, playing their way into the game? Because three touchdowns on three drives and then three points on nine drives, I mean, it's, it's startling. 
Yeah, it is. You don't normally see that kind of turnaround. Uh, physically, we felt like that. Yeah, obviously, the matchups were in our favor in most areas, although you got to give them credit. I think it's a really good football team, and it would not surprise me at all if those guys make it into the playoffs and, and deep in the playoffs again this year. They're very well coached. They are physical, and they know what they can and cannot do, and I think they play within that really well. But we, we, did, we gave them a lot of help. We, we really played very undisciplined, uh, got caught up on all the eye candy and, and shifts and motions that they gave us early, and, and we just looked like, like we didn't know what we are doing. And when we calmed down and, and just simplified what we're doing and guys did what they're asked to, you saw the result. we very capable of, of setting those guys down and should have, I, I think, from the first snap on. Frustrated with how we started, but pleased with how we finished. And hopefully that's something we can build off of moving forward because this week, with the triple option, you, you've got to be exactly where you're supposed to be and take care of the exact assignment that is asked, or you know as well as I, I mean, they're going to have dudes running clean everywhere. Oh, for sure. You know, we've been following uh, Air Force here. Both DJ and I have been in this market a long, long time. And uh, first it was BYU-Utah playing Air Force every every year, and now it's uh, Utah State. So we've been following what Air Force has done, been in the academy many, many times. What's your experience on defending this type of offense? You know, we played, uh, played Georgia Tech at, at North Carolina. We played Georgia Southern in the past seven years in, in the triple uh, even played, you know, Coach DeBerry and his crew when I was at New Mexico with Rocky Long. And I thought Rocky did as good a job defending the triple option as anybody uh, over the course of that time. And so we'll, you know, you, you've got to pick what you want to do, how you want to defend it. And then it, it re- truly comes down to assignment football. If you've got the dive, you got to take the dive. You can't get caught up looking somewhere else, which is what we did in the first quarter. We, we had guys' eyes in the wrong place. They weren't being disciplined, and it showed. And for the next three quarters, they did what they were supposed to do, and it showed there as well. We, we need to learn from this week and go in and, and be very, very technically and assignment sound. I think athletically we can run with them. I think we're physical enough to, to match up okay. But you've got to be exactly where you're asked to be every play or they're going to expose you and they've done that in the past in big ways so um it'll, it'll be a huge test because you it's hard to get ready for this system in a week when you've been seeing spread football and pro style football every week pretty much all year uh, in and out and that we going against ourselves every week in practice this is so unique part of the problem is just being able to simulate it during the week in practice so it looks even close there were a lot of big plays in this game. How much should we expect that out of your team? How much is it that you were playing a uh, uh, an FCS team and there's gonna there there should be a difference athletically there because there were a lot of big plays offensively. Well, I think the way we the, the way we line down and what we do offensively puts you in a, in a, in a bind. It tries to create opportunities uh, either in a run game, throw game doesn't matter. But it's, it's about the philosophy of what we do, the speed, the tempo, the spread system, how, how we spread the field, uh, you know, drastically spread the field, the way we spread the ball around. Yes, I felt like we were faster than this crew, but I will tell you, they physically can match up with a lot of teams at this level in our league. They are very physical. They are very well built, and they've done a good job of, of developing strength and, and size in the offseason. So uh, there were some matchups speed-wise in our favor, but it's a lot less of a – of a difference than you might think. They are they are very well built and, and 
I told John, I, I don't need to see another team from Dakota. I don't care which Dakota <laughs> it is, what direction it is. I don't really need to see those guys on the schedule because they are, they're, they're very well coached and can play. But I would like to think that we have the ability to be explosive on a weekly basis in this offense. We've got, we're getting better and better with it each day that we play in it. The guys are starting to understand it. It helps having a quarterback that understands it as well and played in the system. But guys like DT and, and Brandon Bowling and, uh, Derek Wright's playing great. McGriff, you're going to see Kyle Van uh, Lewin as well. I mean, those guys fit what we do, and, and so it does create space and allow for some big plays. That's what I was going to ask you about the quarterback Bonner, and he's a, a transfer coming in, but it's sort of unusual in that you know, like Utah's got a transfer, he's at someplace else, and he comes in and joins a, a different team. Whereas Bonner's coming in, and even though it's a different team. There's a lot of the same coaches in the system, as you said. How much do you think that is making the transition smooth? Because he's got, if he doesn't have the initial experience with the guys on the team, he has it with the staff. Yeah, I think the familiarity with with me, Coach Cephalo and Coach Premsky and a handful of the guys that came is huge. I mean, he's been with me for six years now. Recruited him from you know from his house and 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 been around his family and been through a lot. I mean, he's been through a couple big injuries, and so we battled through adversity together. He was right there the whole time my wife was ill, and he was extremely close with her. And so there's a lot a lot of, uh, you know, family vibes there with, with us. And, and I think the great thing about our roster is the fact that the guys that were already here have done an amazing job of, of bringing in the new uh, transfer players and, and really accepting them. And I was talking the other day, if you looked in our locker room and you looked at us and we're sitting down eating a meal together when guys are hanging out, it, it, you would not know who was here before and who just came. They have they have completely uh, really become family. They they all uh, enjoy spending time together, and, and you, you would be surprised at who sits down with who, who spends time with who, uh, because you're right. It, when you do bring in transfers, you don't you don't ever really know exactly how it's going to connect, and I think all that is helping us have some early success because the the previous players that were here have done such an amazing job of accepting us and accepting the new players that came in. We talked last week. It seemed obvious that uh, Tompkins was going to be the go-to guy, and he was again. But you were talking about having other people emerge, playmakers. You know, who's the guy who can make plays when the defense is just absolutely determined to take Tompkins away? Is bowling that guy? Six carry, uh, six catches, one hundred and eighteen yards, and a score. Uh, do you see other guys also emerging? What do you think? Yeah, no, I think I think we have a lot of guys. A lot of weapons are starting. So Brandon had a big game, and, and he did exactly what we needed him to do. Derek Wright had a big game like he did last week. I think eight or so catches uh, a week ago against Washington State. Had had uh, five, six catches and a big touchdown again. This one that really just kind of put the game out of reach. Um, I, I think McGriff is getting better every day. Scarver is going to start getting more and more opportunities. He's been a little dinged up, and people obviously don't want to kick to him, but he's going to start getting the ball more and more on offense. And, and I think there's some younger guys that that are that we've seen in practice that have a chance. And uh, we've always tried to make sure that we we utilize every weapon, every every inch of grass, every weapon, so that you can't dial in to, to one or two guys. Yeah, obviously, DT is phenomenal in space, and when he does get it, he's going to be electric. And people are going to have to know where he's at, but it creates opportunities for other folks. And, and you saw Brandon, Derek Wright, Griff all have some big catches and some big plays that we desperately needed to. Uh, to get back in, in the lead. 
Late in the game, and it was already decided. But nevertheless, Peasley's burst of speed on that play was wow, man. He looked like he was 10 times faster than everybody else as he just ran it up the gut there and got in the open so quick in a blink of an eye. Uh, what are your plans for him going forward? We're going to keep him involved and, and, and have opportunities to get him on the field. He's too good of a player, too good of a kid, and an amazing uh, leader. His work ethic, I mean, we're, we're going to keep him involved. So defense are going to have to have to have an answer for him when he shows up on the field. Might, uh, you know, not exactly sure what that's going to look like, but you know, we put him out there the first series. They did a poor job of letting him know he's going to be going, so he hadn't really gotten loose yet. And felt like we we kind of threw him in a bad position, but he he handled it like a pro. And as soon as he pulled the ball on the last drive, as soon as he pulled the ball, I put my finger in there. I was like, he's gone. The guy's got amazing wheels. He's too big of a weapon not for, for us not to use him. He and Logan do a great job working together. The first guy there to congratulate him after he scored was Bonner, right there to hug his neck. I mean, so we're, we're, we're fortunate to have two really, really solid quarterbacks that can both win at this level. And Andrew Peasley is definitely going to be a part of what we do and a reason that we're able to win two games. Blake Anderson, Utah State coach, joining us. So you're two and zero. Air Force is two and zero, and we always talk about the Air Force offense. But what do you know about Air Force's defense? And Lafayette, they did what they were supposed to do, and the Navy fired their offensive coordinator. That's five straight games that they've scored seven points or less. So how good of a read do you have on the Air Force defense right now? Not a, not a great one. You know, just history of, of kind of watching them. Uh, like to think that they're gonna, we can make them uncomfortable in space. They're built physical. They're, they'll hit you in the mouth up front. I mean, it's going to be a challenge to move them up front. But I think if there is a matchup that fits us, it's out in space. It's just not what they see every day, obviously. And it's it's um, it's going to be so different than what they they saw this week. That hopefully that plays in our favor. We got to get the first first down. We got to make you know we got to get some drives going. Definitely don't want to be punting the ball back to them and letting them milk the clock, which is something they're phenomenal at. Uh, so it, it is a different look, uh, but uh, but it's also something I think that fits us if we can execute well and, and uh, utilize the perimeter, utilize, utilize our speed and, and quickness in space. Then then hopefully we can have some success offense, offensively, score some points. We need to we need to score touchdowns. Though. We don't need to be settling for field goals. These guys are really really good at eating up the clock and, and extending drives and go forward on fourth and one and two, and just keeping you over on the sidelines. So every every series is is really critical that you get points. You talked to the team about being a little bit more ready to go since it's a conference game. Conference games always mean a little bit more, and plus you're getting a premier opponent, really. And I know you don't want to look ahead till next week, but you're getting them both right out of the start. Yeah, you know, just for us, just growing. Uh, you know, I felt like we we uh, made less mistakes offensively. We, we made more defensively, especially early, but rallied. Uh, being ready to go is important. We we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we're battling the clock with a with a you know with a deficit in this environment against a very seasoned, very well coached, uh, very experienced Air Force team. You know, conference play that's that's what you do it for. You know, we want to find a way to compete at at this level and in this league. And you know, you you got to win games. You got to you got to take every opportunity you get. This is going to be a huge challenge for us. Going there, playing at their place doesn't make it any easier. So we'll see if our guys can just take the next step. Well, Coach, congratulations on the win. We'll look forward to the Air Force game uh, Saturday. This should be interesting. Thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it, guys. There is Blake Anderson, Aggie football coach. Coming up, Kyle Whittingham and Kalani Sataki. Their weekly press conferences. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. 
when I break it down, down, down. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After their emotional win against the Utes, BYU welcomes in another Pac-12 opponent as Arizona State rolls into Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 6 with a postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Kyle Whittingham taking questions after Utah loses to BYU. It gets interesting here. Both the offense and defense had problems, but he said they had different sets of problems. One beat themselves, made a lot of mistakes, blew assignments. The other just physically got pushed around in the second half. Kyle will explain. Here he is. All right. The short version is uh, they played well and we played very poorly. That was uh, as uh, bare bones as you can uh, boil it down to. Uh, but as poorly as we played, we still had some really good individual performances. I thought Makai Bernard was a big bright spot on offense. Uh, rushed for nearly 150 yards. It was insane. Average per carry over 12 yards a carry. Uh, on 12, he had 12 carries total and was over 12 yards a carry. Added uh, four catches to that for another 15 or 20 yards. So he was a big part of big part of the offense. Uh, I thought Bam Olasen, even though he didn't start, he came in and gave us really good reps and and uh, played uh, some of his best football at left tackle. So, so those were two really bright spots uh, on offense. Defense, uh, two linebackers, Nephi Sewell and Devin Lloyd, were very active, made a bunch of tackles. Um, but other than that, uh, like I said, it was uh, a very uh, poor performance by us, which is my responsibility. Got to get the guys ready to play. We weren't, we weren't good enough, and uh, my job is to make sure we are good enough. And so, we got to work it out for us this week. Uh, the San Diego State team is really good. They had uh, Arizona 35-7 at half. The game was over essentially at halftime, and uh, they were really. Uh, impressive on offense in particular and so if uh, we don't find some answers we're going to get the same results we got to find some answers this week so questions <clears throat> uh, the last time the defensive line had that any problems can't remember it's been so long and uh, it really wasn't early on you know in the first half they only had 49 yards rushing 119 total yards. They wore us out in the second half. That's when they really started to wear us down and push us around. And uh, like I said, of the 200 and what were they, 219? I've seen a couple different numbers. I don't, by the way, Jordy, why is there two different stat summaries on the total offense and all that? You don't know. Okay, shouldn't have asked you. Didn't want to put you on the spot. But anyway, of their yardage, 225-ish rushing yards. Only 49 came in the first half. And uh, like I said, they wore us down. They, they did a great job of sticking to their game plan and not deviating and just continuing to run the football and softening us up. And usually we don't soften up. That was very disappointing to see that uh, we were uh, pushed around there in the second half. And, and uh, that was... Uh, to answer your question, I can't remember the last time, if ever, that that's happened like uh, that. Have you found your five best offensive linemen, or is that still? Well, we have uh, six, 
that we really like, Bam and Jaron at the left tackle. And then uh, we have Braden Daniels at guard, left guard, and, and Nick Ford at center, and Satawa Lamea at right guard, and Simi Moala at right tackle. So those are the top six right now. Keaton Bills is right in, right in there as far as a, uh, an outstanding player. Uh, Paul Miley is another guy that we have complete confidence in. Um, and so, yeah, we've got to... But, but the the five that we started, plus Bam, who rotated in, were the guys that took all the reps. The five that started, are you comfortable with that five, or might Bam? Well, Bam will continue to play. You know, he played at a high level, and so he earned the right to play. And he'll, assuming he has a good week of practice, it's all about you know practicing the right way and, and doing things correctly in practice to gain your coach's trust and confidence. And if he continues to do that, then he'll continue to get reps on Saturdays. Uh, they always in the past, you know, if running back, you know, fumble the ball or whatever, they just didn't see last time. Maybe I'm not in the game again, but with the depth that you have, is, is, there, is there any reason for maybe why he gets in? Obviously, he was doing well. Well, it's a learning process with Tavion. He's uh, he, he performed really well in the first game, other than the fumble. You know, he went for a bunch of yards, and so we think he's got a big upside, and uh, we want to continue to try to bring him along. So that's the best answer I can give you there. Kyle, with that, are you getting a lot of depth? I mean, are you figuring out your depth with that? Obviously, Makai is probably separating. Yeah, Makai and Tavion seem to be, uh, as far as the, the more uh, productive of the two, now they've they've had more opportunity than the other two as well, but but there's just not enough carries to go around to give everyone a bunch of carries, and so you got to make the most of the carries that you do get. Kyle, what were, what were your thoughts on the uh, the play calls uh, on, on Saturday, especially on, on both sides of the ball? Uh, their offensive play calls and our, or our no, offensive. No, but you guys both on, on offense and defense now that you've watched. Okay. Um, well, defensively, I didn't think the play, the, you know, the defensive structures were the problem. It was kind of a, a, a two different issues. On offense, our main issue was mental mistakes. We didn't get beat physically. You know, we were we blew assignments way too often on offense, particularly up front. Defense was the opposite. We we were assignment sound, but we just got physically moved around and, and worn out. And so so I didn't think our offense got beat up physically. We just we only had you know in a typical game you have about a dozen drives. In this game we had ten drives when you don't count the one play kneel down at the end of the first half. I don't, don't count that. So other than that, you had 10 other drives. When the first two are turnovers and the third one's a, a three and out, and the beginning of the second half is a three and out, and then you have a critical holding call and, and some blown assignments that mess up a lot. You know, there's not many drives left. I mean, there's your chances to score are so minimized. And so that's another reason why the turnover margin is so critical, because when you turn the ball over, you're essentially giving a drive away. And, and so... Uh, that's uh, it can't happen. We got to maximize drives, and we got to be better assignment-wise offensively, and uh, that was uh, the the problem. And so, I don't think it's the play calling was an issue because for, for the fourth and two example, for example, uh, we blew an assignment, just turned the guy loose, and and so it's. Uh, can't, you can't win games that way, and and it's tough enough to move the ball and score touchdowns when you're doing things right. Let alone when you're having drops, uh, you know, getting penalized, uh, you know, just doing things to kick yourself in the in the foot. So, yeah, you got a full list after the first game about things that have gone wrong that you mm -hmm. want to fix, and it just seems like most of those didn't get fixed. They didn't 
Well, they did on defense. I mean, we just got pushed around. Like I said, it was a physical issue on defense in the second half. Offensively, we're still not able to get into a rhythm. Uh, we're pressing the clock too much, not getting out of the huddle in time. It seems like we're scrambling to get out of the huddle and get the play called. We got to everything's got to be more in sync. And right now, you're right. There was a lot of stuff that showed up in the first game that was still there in the second game. We got to continue to try to fix it. What do you think of the Charlie play on, on Saturday? Charlie, uh, you know, again, with some of the blown assignments, there was some loopers and guys coming free on the, in the pressures. And, and so, uh, you know, we can all play better. Uh, he didn't have his he's, – he's capable of playing better than he did. But uh, we didn't do a lot to help him out. Um, with um, uh, Makai Bernard, um, you know, you had – Guys transfer. Um, Ty Jordan is obviously no longer with us, but you know he he has kind of stayed the course here, and mm -hmm. and he's waited for the opportunity. Just what about him? You know, staying patient and waiting for his opportunity. Incredibly proud of Makai, and uh, he's he's become. He's grown up right before our eyes. When he got here, he was a very young senior in high school. Uh, I think he was only 16 or 17. He was a young guy. He could have been one class later because he, he, was, he was one class ahead. And he has matured and developed a toughness and a consistency about him that is admirable. And, and it's a credit to him and it's a credit to Kyle McDonald, his position coach. But he has stayed the course exactly as you mentioned, not uh, uh, got uh, – you know, just uh, ahead of things and, and let himself develop at, at, a, at a good pace. And, and now he's reaping those rewards for, for his work ethic and, and for how, uh, how far he's come development-wise. Just given the nature of recruiting and the transfer portal, guys are, you know, constantly leaving and looking for greener pastures in general. Mm -hmm. Are you surprised when a guy like Makai stays the course and stays patient and doesn't transfer? Uh, it's much easier to do exactly what you're saying, just bail out and, you know, put, push the eject button and, and get out and, and try to go somewhere else. I think uh, they're starting to become enough of a body of work and experiences where these guys see guys transfer and maybe necessarily doesn't, you know, have a great ending and, and maybe, you know, realizing that, hey, it's pretty good here right where I'm at and maybe I should stay the course. And so I think I think that has a bearing on it as well, that, that we've seen some guys transfer and, and really not uh, have much success. And so I think that uh, is part of it. But uh, very elated that, uh, you know, a guy like Makai has taken the course he has and, and uh, you know, maintained his his uh, work ethic and, and not uh, looking for instant success and willing to pay the price to get where he's gotten. Earlier in fall camp, you had talked about this being similar to 2019 in terms of the leadership and everything mm -hmm. there. Is this the type of week where that leadership can show or how, how does that change knowing that obviously you can coach, but where, where does that change come from within? Well, it absolutely is is key this week, and that the leaders need to step up, and and uh, where leadership is really needed, and where it really is uh, comes to the forefront is when you have adversity and challenging times. You don't need a bunch of leadership when everything's going great, and so we absolutely need the leaders to step up this week, and uh, they. Uh, my guess is they will respond. Kyle, as a head coach, I know that your mindset is to always fix something and adjust. But what did you like? from your guys in the BYU game that you want to take into the San Diego State game? Well, like I said about Makai, his performance, it would be great to have him be able to be that productive every single week. Um, 
Bam, you know, kind of the same, repeating myself, Bam's uh, quality snaps that he gave us, the, the production of the two inside linebackers. Uh, I thought the secondary did some good things. We got beat a couple times, but but overall, when you look at the, the throw game, it didn't do much to hurt us uh, in the big picture. I mean, they did have some key catches, and, and the quarterback did a nice job of theirs. Uh, their quarterback taking care of the football again for the second week in a row. Uh, didn't turn the ball over. But, uh, you know, on, on defense, uh, and, and going back to maybe this is not your question, but when you don't have any sacks or any takeaways, which is really our, we thrive on that. We, we've made a living at that for years, and, and we had zero sacks and zero takeaways in this game. So that's another reason for uh, our not so great performance. Do you, you notice any, any differences? Uh, I mean, you obviously haven't played the game yet, but playing in a, a soccer stadium compared to. I couldn't say. I've never, uh, you know, I've seen the uh, the tape, obviously, that uh, where they played in Mexico State, but it's hard to get a good feel for <laughs> for the entire stadium setup. But I don't know if the Chargers can play there. Then that's where they played, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then I guess we can play there. So, no, uh, I don't have any worries. It's it's a natural grass surface. It's a you know it's a regulation field. So away we go. And then, and then with with the uh, Aztecs, they they really thrive on running, kind of similar to what you guys do, running the football, yep. having a very physical defense. Absolutely, which I which I mentioned at the onset, that poses a big problem for us, and they handled Arizona with no problem at all. I mean, it was not even a contest, and so it was impressive to watch that tape and, and see how they operate. They got three good backs. They got a quarterback who who does a great job running that offense. They got a couple tight ends that they really like, and they got some wide receivers that are playmakers. And the offensive line is physical. We, we're going to see every bit as physical an O line this week as we did last week, which means we got to rise up and. Uh, you know, play much better. How much of that running game that San Diego State showed against Arizona, how much was that their running game and how much was Arizona missing, missing tackles? Both. It was both, but you make guys miss tackles. You know, you, a great back makes you, it's like Barry Sanders, he'll make defenses miss 30 tackles a game. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, that's part of being a great running back and that, you know, their lead back, number 22, is very capable of that. He's a really good back. I guess he transfer from Nebraska. So, J.C. to Nebraska to here, or to San Diego State. All right, there's Kyle Whittingham and his take on the game and looking ahead to San Diego State. Now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Kalani Sataki. Stay with us. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. After a disappointing loss in the Holy War, the Utes look to rebound as they hit the road to square off against an old Mountain West Conference rival in San Diego State. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 4 with a postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Kalani Sataki at the microphone meeting with the media. His Cougars are 2-0. They're getting ready to play Arizona State, who is 2-0. Both teams are nationally ranked. USC just fired their coach. My gosh, BYU could be favored in every game the rest of the year. I know it's a long way to go. Two down and ten to go. And coming off a high and a lot of energy, are the Cougars going to be back up for this game? Here's Kalani Sataki. Yeah, um... Looking forward to this uh, this week. Uh, another ranked team coming to our uh, to Provo, so uh, really well coached. Um, 
Herm's done an amazing job there. And, uh, you know, they, they've obviously ranked and, and they're having a lot of success. And so uh, they have a really uh, dynamic quarterback that causes a lot of problems. So um, you know, Jaden Daniels is a really, really good player. And, and he has a lot of poise. And uh, he just seems like a veteran right now. And he's surrounded by a physical, athletical line and good tight ends that, that they can play and can block and can, they can catch. And uh, a number of skill players at running back and, and receiver that have tons of athleticism and speed. So um, it's a, a difficult matchup, but we're looking forward to it. And uh, you know, on defense, they're really well coached as well. They have tons of athletes, size, um, playmaking ability at a lot of different places. And notice their, their linebackers are very active. And so a uh, well-coached team with, with a I mean, they're ranked for a reason. So um, looking forward to, to them being here in our home and, and looking forward to the matchup and the, and the game. All right, questions. Let's go Jay and then Mitch. Kalani, just to revert back a little bit on the Big 12 announcement, we didn't really get to talk a lot with you about that. But what do you feel like you need to do in the next two years um, some might say you're totally ready now to join that power five league, but what would you like to see happen in your program the next two years to be even more ready? Man, I mean, I'm not even thinking about the next two years. I'm just thinking about this week. And um, in regards to the, the Big 12 um, happening for our athletics department, I said it before the day of that I'm really happy that um, that we get to do it as, as an athletic department. I believe we have great coaches and student athletes at this university and really excited that we get to do that together, that all the sports will be included. I'm really thankful that we have this partnership with, with the Big 12 and that they're um that you know we're joined by a great number of, of schools that that have um you know from, from what we see that they, they have great football programs and it'd be a lot of fun for us and I, i'm really happy for the fans that, that this happened but I, I have nothing to prove other than what we're trying to get done this week i'm not thinking about two years from now when i first got here as the head coach i wanted to get things set and started putting work with our staff on, on trying to develop uh talent and develop some depth and that's going to be our focus and we're going to do it with uh, with the mindset of, of our culture in mind which is something that the environment I got to enjoy when I played under Lavelle Edwards. And so I'm going to keep working towards that and trying to take care of the student athletes as much as I can. And, and we, we will do that as a staff. And I'm, I'm lucky I'm surrounded by great coaches and great support staff and great administrators that allow that to happen. So right now it's working really well. We, we just got to move, you know, week to week. And right now the focus is completely on, on ASU. Lonnie, uh, what will you and your staff do to ensure that your team is equally prepared and energized for ASU this week like you guys were for Utah this past weekend? Yeah, a good question. The, 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 the week of preparation with the intensity and the excitement, um, I think uh, I think a lot of people thought that, that I didn't take the last week very serious. I did. I just... Uh, I don't need to define it. What I did, what I did like was the that it was intense. I liked the preparation. I liked the way our guys are focused on what was going on. They're so razor sharp focused that uh, that the game was more important than the Big Twelve announcement, and that was evident from when I was. Uh, 
you know, from what we saw as a coaching staff, that these guys are so focused on that game. What I like about it is that let's just do the exact same thing again. Let's have that same type of mindset, that same type of focus, um, and the same type of intensity that we had coming into the practices and into our meetings, and let's duplicate it. Because I think it was nice that the players had that opportunity to do that and, and saw the success that we had from it. And so let's try to have that same type of preparation, which Lavelle was, was really big on, and, and uh, I'm glad that we were able to have that work and have our guys. Um, that was different than any other week that we've seen and, and I have to give a lot of credit to the coaches the assistant coaches and and to the, the leadership on our team so we're going to try to get that rolling again and do it times two of the second time and Kalani early on in your tenure there there were some struggles in games uh played at, at home at Lavelle Edwards Stadium then I remember a couple of years ago you had Patty Edwards talk to the team and ever since you guys are winning your home games at an 85% clip. What, what do you maybe credit the success that you guys are now having in protecting your home turf in these games? Well, I think when we first moved to having that high number of P5 games early in the season to begin the season, uh, we knew that that was going to test our depth. And so when you say we struggled to, I'm, I'm, I imagine you're talking about the, the next game. Uh, when you play the high number of P5 games that we do to begin the season that nobody else does in the country, you're going to have to test your depth. So when you see a running back that's going to be playing tonight, Tyson Williams, when he gets hurt in a game and you don't have him again, that 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 uh, you struggle when you when you have to bring the next man up. And I'm not saying that there's a huge drop off, but maybe there's a drop off in experience and talent. Right now, I think our team is uh, much more prepared for that to happen. We we saw it happen in the Arizona game because of our, our what we did in camp. We were pretty physical and had some nagging injuries in camp. And then we may see how we respond from from this week if we have it, have to make any adjustments with that. But I would say the intensity of the scheduling is is the thing that tested our depth, and we knew we had to develop that right away. And we feel really good about the progress that we've made from when we first started with this, this type of schedule to where we're at now. All right, let's go Jared Lloyd and then Pat. Kalani, so Friday was a big day for the athletic department in general. Saturday, obviously a big day for the football program. How was your Sunday? Sunday was great. Just got to go to church and saw a lot of happy people there. So, I mean, and it just, it was nice. It was always good to, Sundays are always good after win. So, um, and even after losses, it's good to go recover and then kind of restructure your whole life. I, I think, thanks for asking, but yeah, it was good. It was a good, good time with family and good time uh, taking a, a break from what we normally do during the week. I also wanted to, ha to talk about Jaron. He's not putting up enormous numbers. They're not like earth shattering numbers, but the way he's managing the game seems to be at an incredibly high level. What does that do for the entire team to have a quarterback that's the, that manages it in that sense? Yeah. In, in, in regards to numbers, he, he's doing great with the numbers that matter the most. And that's, that's what we're focused on. You know, we, we had some mistakes in this game and it's not, not, this not directed towards Jaron, but uh, there are some individuals on, in the game that made, made uh, attempts to, to gain some stats and things like that. And, and, and uh, that can't happen, but it's nice to know that the leader on the offense isn't, isn't doing that. And um, it's, it's really good to see our, our, the way our players have each other's backs and 
So I'm just really happy with the way that he's performing. But a lot of that has to do with the preparation that he, he takes on during the week and that um, A-Rod and the rest of the offense does. I mean, I'm really confident in the way that they conduct themselves Monday through Friday. And I, that's why I feel confident going into Saturday's games. Hey, Coach, uh, Pat Graham from Associated Press. Thanks for taking the time. I, I know you don't like to look forward, so I'm going to take you back for a second. Uh, I think the last time BYU beat a ranked Arizona State team, there was a certain sophomore fullback who had a carry and a, and a catch. I guess, uh, what do you remember from that time? The catch, I think I had a big gain, maybe a touchdown, and it got tripped up from behind. The uh, linebacker tripped me up. But um, the run, I don't remember much. I was a blocking guy, you know, and blocking guy with, with – hands to catch the ball and back then you could you can't play offense for BYU if you can't catch the ball and that probably goes for the the old lineman as well so um but it, it, it felt good I remember that game it was a lot of fun um I, I like the games against ASU and they, they have a great fan base um there's a lot of connections between um I had a lot of great teammates from the area the Phoenix area specifically in the Mesa area back in the day so um I know there's a lot of connection with the church members in that area too so there's it's going to be a lot a lot of fun there's a lot of people that we know on that team and coaches on that on that program in that program and uh, we have tons of respect for them and looking forward to the game but yeah back then man I wouldn't look back at that was 98 right yep that's right yeah I mean my stat line wasn't that great back then but uh, man I had a lot of fun <laughs> and you got the win too yeah that, that was that was the most important part thank you all right, Jake and then Norma. Did Jay ask his question? You cut out. Oh, okay. Oh, Jay, did you not? Did everyone get to? Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Kalani, I've had a few people ask me about this on social media, so I'm just going to pass it on to you. Uh, it seems to be a lack of production through two games from your tight end unit. Is there a reason for that? Uh, and what do you expect from them going forward? Yeah, I mean, the the production, you guys are talking about catches, but yeah, look at the production they're doing blocking. You know, that it just doesn't come down to them catching the ball. They, they do everything else out there that we need them to do, and that's protect the quarterback sometimes in, in pass pro and also, um, you know, to, to get yards for our run game. And so um, – when we're talking about stats, whether it's the quarterback or the receivers or the tight ends, the, the stuff will happen. I don't think you force feed something, but I think uh, you look at last year's games and you look at, at teams that are that are defending us. They they know that the tight end is is, is a viable option for our quarterback, and so it's not a surprise to anybody. But um, it's just going to have to we're going to have to we have diff different options, a lot of different places at running back, at receiver, and at tight end. So um, you know, it just it's just a matter of what the defense does. It's not like we're just going to force feed guys when 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 the, the defense is taking it away. I also want to get just your assessment real quick of the Nakua brothers because we saw the first real extensive action against Utah. Yeah, I thought they did a great job, and and uh, I love their energy. They had the same amount of energy when they weren't playing in the Arizona game, um, and so uh, they just. I mean, those guys, those guys work hard, you know, and, and they want to win and they want to perform. But they also 
are really excited when their teammates do well. I mean, that uh, it's it's a lot of energy, and that, you know that that's stuff that I really like. I really appreciate guys do that, and um, just need to make better decisions when we score touchdowns and, and not uh, not cost the team an opportunity to get get more points. You know, so but. Um, I understand uh, some of the mistakes guys make. We just we can do better. There's there's some mistakes that were made in the game, and we can do better. Our, our, we talk about our culture of love and learn, so we're gonna uh, learn from the mistakes and get better, and 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 uh, hopefully we have more opportunities to test the, their celebration style, which means get to the sideline and celebrate with your teammates. But that's that's okay. I appreciate the, the energy and the excitement and, and what they bring to the table. We'll, we'll just have to make sure we don't cost the team uh, any issues. But I'm glad that the rest of the, the team had their had their backs, and, and I know the coaches do as well. Kalani, just to backtrack back to the Big 12 news once more, um, how integral would you say that Tom Homo was to that decision? Was he like the man just made to get BYU to this point? Of course. Yeah. He, athletic director. And, and he had a, a huge part. I mean, the, you guys know, Tom, it's the relationships that he has and, and, and the, the people that will listen to him, uh, the sincerity and the genuineness that he has as a person that, that can connect with people. And so uh, I, I think he's able to, um, to really represent BYU well. And, and I think he's able to bring to the table the things that people probably don't think about enough, which is our fan base. I know um, Tom did a great job representing BYU and representing everything that comes with BYU, specifically our fan base and how it's a worldwide fan base and that um, we bring a lot more than, than, than people would think. And I think he does a great job of explaining that to everyone and brings a unique perspective. And he's done a great job as a leader. And it's it's uh, it's an honor for me to be the head coach and, under his leadership. And do you have a favorite Tom Homo story or memory or just the first time you really connected with him? Yeah, I just I, I just really value our friendship and, and our our relationship that we have. Uh, it's been a great mentor to me as well, and so just uh, just everything. I, I really like the example that he sets for all of us, and how much he loves the student athletes. He knows every one of them by name. He hangs out, and talks to them, collaborates with them. It fits exactly with you. You think that he played under a guy named Lavelle Edwards, and so. Um, uh, for me, it's a great example. He, the way he he uh, just lives his life, how, how he is with his children and grandchildren and uh, how he is with his wife, Lori. They, they're amazing people and they're great examples to, to all of us coaches. Okay, uh, we're going to go Jay and then we'll see where we're at. Kalani, just wanted to get an update on Keenan Ellis. I, I know you don't like to talk about injuries, but his was kind of different. And also uh, what about Isaiah Heron's stepping up and kind of filling that role and what has impressed you about Isaiah's play? Okay. Keenan, um, he's still going through the protocol. And so um, he's not out for the year, but, but I, we're, we're, we're still taking our time and, and bringing him back slowly. Uh, still highly doubtful for this weekend, um, but, but we're going to err on the side of, of, just making sure that it's safe for him to return. Um, and, and he's doing really good, by the way, just, just so everybody knows that he's doing, he's doing much better. He, he, he improves daily. Um, Isaiah Heron, I've been really pleased with him 
just uh, just really happy with his progress that he's made, um, and then glad that he this is where he wants to be, and this is where he, what he wants to do, and. Um, you know, there's a time that he went into the transfer portal and, and had to rethink some things and we got him back, you know, and, and that's uh, and not only to get him back, we got him back with a little bit more of a, a mindset of the, to buy into what this place is all about. And um, you see, you're seeing the results. He's a big time player. He just happens to play behind, you know, D'Lo and, and Keenan, who are really great players at the corner as well. And those guys did a great job. Um, you know, this last week and then just really looking forward to see, seeing them com compete this weekend. A lot of great athletes that ASU brings to, to the field and, and we're going to need all those guys. And, but I've been really impressed with what Gennaro's done with with that corner room and what he's done with all those guys. I mean, you look at like um, Caleb Hayes and Jacob Robinson, um, you know, Shaman Willis, those guys have done a great job playing corner and, you know, Jacques Wilson's back with the group too. So, uh, it's a it's a really deep group that that um, you know when when we lose one like Keenan, unfortunately, someone like Isaiah steps up and and makes plays for us. There is Kalani Sataki. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.